Our third guest this evening is a beat writer covering the Jags for Big Cat Country. That is Demetrius Harvey. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? We're, we're very well. And uh, I suppose we, we always like to, to know, I suppose, about our guests and, and whether they've been to this side of the world. And given that the Jaguars basically, you know, make the annual pilgrimage across the Atlantic, have you ever been to, to this side uh, of the world? I haven't yet. I mean, I, I hope to go one year and, you know, as long as I keep covering the Jaguars, I'm sure I will eventually um, because they have made that sort of their second home, I guess you could say, uh, at least for one game a season. Um, but no, I, I haven't been over here, you know, I've uh, or over there. I've only been uh, in the United States and then, you know, in, in Japan and a couple other countries. Uh, not, not bad. You have the passport, so hopefully you'll, you'll make it at, at some point. I, I suppose, look, we're going to get into 2022, but we, we have to kind of go back to, to this time last year, right? And um, the Urban Meyer um, situation and, and the fact that uh, if we were talking, you know, 12 months ago, it was Gardner Minshew or Trevor Lawrence. Uh, as, as somebody who was covering the team at that time, and you had this, you know, this guy who's come out, who's talked about as the heir apparent to Andrew Luck, to Peyton Manning, to, to, to John Elway, you know, all these QBs. And, and he's going up and, and, and the head coach is saying he's got to earn it. Like, what, what was that? What were things like um, in Jacksonville at that time? Oh, man. <laughs> It, you, I could go on and on about uh, last season and, and how dysfunctional it was, not only for um, us covering the team, but I mean, obviously for the team itself, but, you know, it, it really did all start kind of when, you know, they came in, they drafted Trevor Lawrence, number one, overall, he's the obvious sure, surefire, you know, starting quarterback. I don't think anybody um, would have assumed that Gardner would even have an opportunity to start. Um, so when you when you put out that first depth chart and you see the or and you go to the training camp and you see them splitting reps, you're you're just confused. And um, and, and I'll be honest, I think uh, the majority of us sort of uh, I wouldn't say bought bought in, but we we kind of were like, okay, well, I mean, they're trying to make the rookie earn it. Um, in hindsight, that's incredibly ignorant to think because um, it's a guy who's coming in as probably a once in a generation type quarterback, at least that's what he was billed as. Um, so why in the world would you take reps away from him if he's going to be your starting quarterback in the future, regardless? So um, just that whole situation and then moving forward, how he and the um, staff went about their business throughout the year, mostly Urban Meyer just um, made it in, in a way, uh, it was almost as if he, took what he knew in college and tried to do it in the NFL. And, and that just simply won't work and at, at the top level. Um, you're dealing with, you know, grown men, you're dealing with people who have families. Um, they make millions of dollars. They, this isn't something where they're sort of on a team and they hope to make the roster. They hope to do this. They hope to do that. No, they're already there. Um, so you're trying to build them forward to win championships, not, um, grow them up and I think that that was sort of what ended up losing uh, the majority of the players during that year and and I think it really did all start with that you know Trevor Lawrence or Gardner Minshew. Demetrius you've touched on there the fact that it's I suppose the NFL is wide-ranging from young players to experienced players to players coming towards their end of their career how important do you feel when they were looking to 
bring in the new head coach that with Doug Peterson, it wasn't just about coaching a football team on the field, essentially. It was more so about understanding the dynamic with each player because he has the experience of winning a Super Bowl and he knows how to manage players from all various ranges in terms of their ages. Absolutely. I, I think that that was sort of their number one uh, priority when they were looking for a new head coach. Now, obviously, there was, you know, some rumors about Byron Lefwich, who would have been a young up and coming head coach. And um, I think that would have done well as uh, as well. But um, when you think about what Doug Peterson was able to do in Philly to bring them their first Super Bowl, and I think it was 50 years or maybe maybe a, a little less than that, but, you know, a very long time. Um, it, it was staggering, you know, because he he's a guy who can come in and sort of reshape the roster. They needed somebody to come in and, and, and make sure that these guys knew that um, what happened last year was in the past and what moving forward, you're going to operate as a real NFL franchise, because you have to remember the Jaguars roster um, still is, but was very young when Urban Meyer took over. They didn't really know anything else but the Jaguars. Uh, you know, they can talk to their friends around the league. They can talk to other coaches around the league, guys that have been in the league for a long time and see that perspective. But really, you know, what, when it boils down to is they only knew that that one part of it. So uh, to bring in a guy who's had so much success like Doug Peterson uh, winning a Super Bowl, going to a Super Bowl and, and winning as a player, as a backup quarterback um, at the time when he was in Green Bay, you know, those kind of things matter. And I think that, you know, he sort of, took that job, took this job uh, with that intention of changing the culture dramatically from the, from day one. Uh, he mentioned mo- multiple times, you know, this is a, a roster that needs healing. Um, it's a roster that, that, that needs to uh, move forward, move on from last year, but then also, you know, gain something uh, from this year. So it, it was something where they needed um, a, a, a brand new coach, a, a new coaching staff that not only, could relate to its players. You know, they have multiple coaches on the staff that have played in the NFL. Um, I don't think there's a single coach. Maybe there is uh, that hasn't coached in the NFL before last year. They had a couple guys who hadn't coached in the NFL before um, first time defensive coordinator. Now they have that sort of this year too, with Mike Caldwell, but he's played linebacker in the NFL for a very long time. He's coached behind guys in the NFL for a very long time. Um, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic. And I think that that's sort of what they wanted to focus on. They wanted to get player first guys, but at the same time, they wanted to have guys that have come in and with proven success. And I think that that um, matures a team significantly. We've already seen it so far during training camp. Uh, Demetrius, I've spoken to a few Eagles fans who who feel that because of the way in which his time ended in Philadelphia with that game in which he took Jalen Hurts out of game in the fourth quarter, that, it kind of overshadowed a lot of the great work he done throughout the years. Do you feel he, he has a he has a point from a selfish perspective? He has a point to prove coming back into the league to make the point that he still is a very good head coach. Absolutely, I do. I mean, it, it's not often. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not often when a uh, coach wins a Super Bowl and then gets fired just a couple of years later. I, I don't think that that happens uh, very often at all. So, so absolutely, you know, he, he's a guy who who's coming in here. Um, he has a point to prove too that he can coach. He is a Super Bowl winning coach, and he has all these accolades uh, that come with it. I think that his time in Philly at the end it, it was really sour, and I think that you know he's probably had to learn a lot. That was part of why he took the the full year off. You know, he probably could have came back into the NFL as a coordinator or some other position, but you know he wanted to take a year off to make sure you know his mind was right to get better himself because you know he's not you know devoid of um of 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 cause you know he he wasn't 
uh, perfect. And then all of a sudden the Eagles were bad. You know, he had his issues as well. And I think that that's something that he wants to prove to not only himself, but, you know, probably the rest of the league selfishly. I mean, he's not a guy to get up to the podium and, and talk about that sort of, you know, in a way where he's like, oh, I, I need to prove to everybody that I'm still good and, and everything like that. I think that he's a guy who's going to just uh, do it by by doing it. You know, he, he he's going to have it written down um, when the Jaguars win, you know, in, in his mind, you know, w- when the Jaguars win games, that's going to be the proof that's in the pudding. Yeah, I was thinking um, when generally if a head coach leaves shortly after winning a Super Bowl, it tends to be acrimonious uh I, I think jimmy johnson uh with the with the cowboys being another example which is still playing out uh now on 30 years later even even this week go to old jerry and his uh, interesting comments there but if we kind of focus maybe a little bit on the future for for the jags and, and i i'm looking forward to seeing doug wearing the visor for the entirety of the, the year not like the the winters in philly but a lot of buzz is, I've seen over the past week or so around the rookie center, uh, Luke Fortner. Can you, um, what, like, ha- have, have you been surprised? Have, have people on the ground there been surprised about, like, how good he's looked this early? Absolutely. I, I think uh, going into it when they drafted Luke in, in the third round, obviously when you're drafted that high at the top of the third round, you would assume that eventually he's going to become the starting whatever, whether that have been guard or, or, or center, you know, as he's played a lot of at Kentucky, you know, that that was sort of the, the thought process, but I don't think that anybody had him starting right away. Day one, when we were able to go out there, he was the starting center and he's never taken a snap out of that starting unit. You know, he's a guy who's come in and um, clearly has shown to the staff that he can earn this and, 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 and rightfully so. I think that um, the majority of us, you know, on the beat assume that Tyler Shatley would probably um, be the starting center for now because he's had so much experience. And then, you know, Luke Fortner would maybe battle for that left guard spot for a little bit with Ben Barch, guys like that, the the other backup guard. Um, but no, Luke has come in and, and he's done really well. You can tell that he has a pretty good command of the offense. I mean, you can't really tell that too much right now because it's only, you know, so early. It's only been eight days of, of camp but you can see it in the way that they execute plays. There's not a lot of blown whistles because Luke has messed up. There's, there's been no snaps that have been on the ground um, from him, at least, you know, it's, it's clearly um, a sign in my opinion that, that he has what it takes to, to play at at a high level. Um, You know, he had some struggles the other day in one-on-ones. I think that's natural and that's going to happen for a rookie, um, a guy to come in and, and face a, six-year veteran or, or however long he's been in the NFL and Dewan Smoot, um, he struggled against him. You know, he, he clearly was overpowered, but at the same time, you can see him sort of gaining confidence and, and, and getting better in those reps as well. So I think that all of those are good signs. Um, it's, it's, you know, we're going to wait and see uh, to see exactly how good he can be because he has big shoes to fill. Um, last year, you know, they had Brandon Linder, um, he was a nine-year veteran, I believe it was, for the Jaguars as a starting center. Um, so he's a guy who uh, was – he wasn't a Pro Bowl player, but he was very solid. Like, if, if you would ask anybody in the NFL who – what kind of player Brandon Linder is, he, he would have been, you know, one of the top centers in the league. And, you know, not the best, but he would have been up there. So Luke has a lot of shoes – or big shoes to fill, but um, I think he's done a pretty good job at it. 
Demetrius, one thing that never changes in the NFL is players being overpaid in free agency. And a lot of people feel that the Jags have been have been guilty of that this year with Christian Cork and the, the big contract. Um, from what you've seen initially, I'll be in camp. Are you, are you impressed with what you're seeing? And, and how is he kind of fitting into this new offensive scheme that, that's been yeah. built around? Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's still early. Um for Christian Kirk and, and, and you can kind of see the differences in terms of, you know, a guy that's coming in new and Trevor Lawrence, that connection between them, the chemistry that they still need to build. You can see that there are a little bit of issues there. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Um, it just means that, you know, it's going to take some time to really gel um, Christian into the offense with Trevor. I think that's really important to note um, because, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been, you know, on fire, in my opinion, in, in, in some aspects, throwing to guys like Marvin Jones or um, or a Treadwell, you know, the guys that he, he already knows. But from what we've seen from Christian, you know, he's going to be a guy who's going to play in the slot primarily uh, in, in the three wide receiver uh, sets and two wide receiver sets. He's going to be playing outside, obviously. Um, they're going to move him into the backfield. They're going to motion him all around. Seems like he's going to be a, a heavy part of this offense. And as you should expect, um, after paying him so much money you know uh, obviously he's a guy that came in uh, with a lot to prove he hasn't ever had a 1,000 yard receiving season um, but there's been a couple catches out there now you know over the past few days that have caught my eye there was one in the back of the end zone that Trevor you know it was honestly a, a beautiful throw that that he made but a, a great catch as well and you know those are the type of plays that you would expect out of a guy who's coming in as a high-priced free agent and you would expect him to, you know, continue forward with that. Um, but yeah, m moving forward, I, I feel like Christian, um, I'm not sure how good he's going to be. You know, I, I wasn't necessarily incredibly high on him um, in the free agency market just because he hadn't proved uh, to be that high level receiver yet. Um, but I do think that the Jaguars and Doug Peterson are going to figure out a way to get him incredibly involved. And I do know he has plenty of talent. So obviously we're recording this, you know, at the beginning of um, preseason. But if we were to jump ahead, um, you know, to the Jags' first game of the regular season, it's going to be an interesting one because the the Jags with nothing really to play for at the end of last year, mm -hmm. de facto ended Carson Wentz's time in Indy. Uh, we all saw Jim Irsay's, uh video uh in, in front of the the private jet maybe we couldn't hear what he was saying um but we we saw and and we we saw the end results the, the jags now face the commanders on the opening day um are they are they going to look to to rain on carson's parade again absolutely i mean i think the players will for sure i mean the, it, it was a it was their crown jewel you know moment of last season you know they only won three games but to win to cap it off um, with the victory, a dominant victory, in my opinion, over the the Colts and Carson Wentz, especially, um, you know, that 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 sort of stays with you. I think guys like Chad Griffin, um, guys that were already on the team still on defense there, they know what they're going up against. They know that they understand how Chris or how Carson Wentz um, works, you know, so I, I absolutely do think that they're going to go in there with a the fire. Um, I think that they're going to, you know, be able to at least limit him because there are plenty of plenty of limitations to Carson Wentz's game. And I think that they sort of had his number last year. You know, I, I'm not sure exactly how the new scheme is going to fit into that and things of that nature. But, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, Carson Wentz week one, they're circling it saying we already got this guy. Demetrius, uh, first round pick. So first pick in the draft, Trayvon Walker to then move back into the first round again to go defense. 
they've retooled in a lot of positions on defense. Do you feel that the the identity of this team this year will be more defense than than offense? Albeit the Trevor Lawrence, you know, experience should be really good. It's more geared towards a, a, a very strong defense. Absolutely, uh, I, I think uh, one of the things that caught everybody's eyes during the draft and during the off season, during free agency and, and things like that, where um, everyone kind of expected them to go heavy on, on offense and they sort of went the other direction, you know, but aside from Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, they went all in on defense, you know, Foye Oluwakin, you know, the, the linebacker from the Falcons, Foley Fadakasi, the defense tackle from the New York jets, you know, they, they, they went all in uh, Darius Williams, the, the, the nickel. And then obviously the first two picks of the draft defense, uh, if, 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 if there's anything else from this uh, year that it, that's made me understand the Jaguars more is that they are going to be a um, very defensive minded team to start. In my opinion, uh, they, they have drafted defense for multiple years in a row. Um, they have signed plenty of players multiple years in a row. So I, I think that um, if there's any unit that's going to be good, it will be the, the, the team's defense just because of how much they've invested, you know, the millions of dollars they've invested, the draft picks, um, all of that. I think that they're just a step ahead of the offense, which still needs a little bit of work. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to find their, their niche, so to speak, you know, trying to find out where they sort of fit in. And, and, you know, obviously second year quarterback, uh, that's a, that's an issue where um, he's still young. You know, it, 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 I know that everybody believes that Trevor Lawrence is going to be this great quarterback, but you know, he's, he's still young. So it, you might not see that right away, but I do think one thing you can see right away is a more dominant defense just because of the uh, sheer number of veterans and proven veterans that they have on the team. We have really in, enjoyed chatting to you. And with this going out, we are going to be mere hours from um, the the start of preseason and uh, what we hope will be a fantastic 2022 season. For our viewers and listeners who want to find you know more of your, your stuff, where can they get that? Well, they can go on ahead and go to uh, bigcatcountry.com or just you know go on my Twitter handle um, at Demetrius82 on Twitter. You know That's pretty much where I stay. I, I pretty much live on Twitter. So everybody can just find me there. Well, we want to thank you again for taking the time and hopefully we can welcome you back on over the, the course of the regular season. Absolutely. I appreciate it.